Glory to my guru, Sri Krishna Guruji. In the previous episode, we finished through verse 8 of chapter 10. In that, Lord Sri Krishna has told Arjuna that he is the source of all creation. Nothing moves without him, and it is through devotion to him that we get established in him. Once again, please remember that the lessons of the Bhagavad Gita shared here on the One Grace podcast are the lessons received from my beloved Guruji, Sri Krishna Guruji, also called Sri Krishna Knows, and it's by his grace that these lessons are presented. So we continue the Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 10, The Yoga of Divine Glories. This is Chapter 10, Verse 9 through 11. With their minds fixed on me and their lives surrendered to me, conversing and enlightening one another about my glories, my devotees ever remain content and take delight in me. On those ever united through meditation with me and worshiping me with love, I confer that yoga of wisdom by which they come to me. In order to bestow my compassion on them, I, dwelling in their hearts, dispel their darkness born of ignorance by the illuminating lamp of knowledge. This ends verse 11. So it seems a simple instruction, right? Fix your mind on the Lord. But in a world where the mind is inundated and overloaded with stimuli and information, how can the mind get fixed on any one thing? Just try to fix the mind single-pointedly for just five minutes. It's nearly impossible. It takes self-effort and it takes practice each day. It's up to us to say no to the bombardment of incoming information. We have to pick and choose wisely. And Sri Krishna Guruji has said that we really cannot multitask. It's impossible for us to hold two thoughts at the same time. You hear some great people say, when I say no to something, I am saying yes to something else. So decide who will occupy your mind. Lord Sri Krishna states that his devotees have surrendered their lives to him. So what does this surrender mean? Well, it's accepting that which the Lord has given you, accepting the place where you are, accepting the body you've been provided, and accepting that this life is not about you. It's not about fulfilling your egoic desires. It's been given for his purpose. Surrender is to be the tool of God in whichever and whatever capacity he wishes. The Lord said, devotees find contentment in him, hearing, speaking, and singing of his glories. Devotees will gather to share the glories of the Lord. The Lord through grace or guru opens our hearts. Thus, there can be a removal of our ignorance. The divinity itself lights the lamp of knowledge and in doing so, we then have the mind and heart capable of practicing meditation on the Lord alone. To be the instrument of the Lord, to praise his glories and to be lost in union with him. That is the conference of wisdom. These three verses, 9, 10 and 11, are among the many verses whereby the Lord is directly telling Arjuna and us how we can come to him. So we continue with verses 12 through 16. Arjuna said, 
You are the transcendent, eternal, the supreme abode, and the greatest purifier. All the seers speak of you as the eternal divine Purusha, the primal deity, unborn and all-pervading. Likewise, speaking the celestial sage Narada, the sages Asita and Devala, and the great sage Vyasa, and you yourself too proclaim this to me. Krishna, I believe as true all that you tell me. Lord, neither demons nor gods are aware of your manifestations. O creator of beings, O ruler of creatures, God of gods, the Lord of the universe, O supreme Purusha, you alone know what you are by yourself. Therefore, you alone can describe in full your divine glories, whereby you pervade all these worlds. This ends verse 16. You'll remember in chapter 8 and 9, the Lord bestowed upon Arjuna the profound truth of who he is in reality. So here it seems that Arjuna momentarily grasps the profundity of the identity of his charioteer. Arjuna says that he believes that which Sri Krishna has told him. And in this fleeting moment, he believes that his friend and kinsman, the king called Krishna, is the divine himself, the primal Purusha. As we go along on the path, we too may experience these momentary states of clarity regarding our own charioteer. Arjuna speaks of those who proclaim the glories of the Lord. They are devotees, saints, sages, and even the Lord himself. The many manifestations of the Lord are countless, the huge and infinitesimal, seen and not seen, known and not known. Arjuna concedes that the Lord is the most qualified to proclaim his own glories as the Creator, Ruler, God, Lord, and the Supreme Divine Person. So we continue with verses 17 and 18. O Master of Yoga, through what process of continuous meditation shall I know you? And in what particular forms, O Lord, are you to be meditated upon by me? Krishna, tell me once more in detail your power of yoga and your glory, for I know no satiety in hearing your nectar-like words. This ends verse 18. Arjuna rightly asks the Master what form to meditate upon. Certainly, only Krishna knows the truth of Krishna. The Lord tells us there is no end to the contentment experienced by the devotees upon hearing his glories. You too can practice taking yourself out of the mundane by hearing the glories of the Lord. When you contemplate His glories, you may experience from the depths of you those heartfelt tears will flow. So we'll stop here today. We have completed through verse 18 of chapter 10. Next episode, we'll continue chapter 10 at verse 19. Thank you for listening. God bless and lots of love.